Hello, hello, and welcome to another Toon Network video. Now, this one's a bit of a special one, and I did say that the next video that I'd be doing or podcast would be after the Crystal Palace game, but obviously, since the weekend, since the Southampton game, a lot has happened in terms of a potential Newcastle takeover. I thought I'd just try and consolidate all the pieces of information that I've managed to gather. I know there's a lot that we don't know at the minute, but there's a lot that we do know. And I thought I'd just collate that, give a few thoughts about what I think might happen, how I think things might go down, why things are happening. Um, so hopefully, um, hopefully we'll get some exciting news at the end of all this process. Uh, but things seem to be moving really fast and I guarantee by the time that I release this video, I'm recording at about half three on Thursday, the 19th of October. Um, everything I like to said has been completely out of date. So we'll, um, so we'll crack on anyway. So we'll start off with what we know. So what we do know is that a consortium led by Amanda Staveley called PCP Partners, who were reported to be worth around 30 billion pounds, um, have serious interest in buying Newcastle United ever since Mike Ashley put the club officially for sale. Now, it suggests to me that actually they might have had it, might have been sniffing around earlier. If you remember when she was spotted at the Liverpool draw, which was a couple of weeks ago, you know, people close to Amanda Staveley uh, suggested that you know she she did that very deliberately to be seen in public, to be seen in plain sight, um, and that's that's not she was making a kind of statement. There's been a lot of buzz about whether or not she's interested in Liverpool, who she's previously tried to buy for 1.2 billion, which was rejected by FSG. So, I mean, we'll get onto the Liverpool thing in a minute, but th th this is what we know. On that day, she met with representatives from Newcastle, which included Keith Bishop, um, Justin Barnes, Lee Charnley, I believe she met Rafa Benitez as well. Since then, um, lines of communication were opened, presumably this swap texts and emails. Um, and since then, for the last couple of weeks, there's been reportedly lots of positive um, lines of communication discussions. Before this week, the, the noises from Mike Ashley's lawyer suggested that the four parties had entered into non-disclosure agreements, which ultimately means that information about assets and the running of the club and figures are, I guess, exchanged between buyer and seller, potential seller, potential buyer, um, so that, and, and none of this information can be shared publicly, but it allows those parties to have a look at, say, who might be buying the club or what does the club's finances look like? What are the liabilities? What are the assets? And just gives those parties a more rounded view on what it is they're getting into, what kind of deal that they're actually, you know, it's like looking at a car's MOT history. You want to know, or when you're signing a player, what previously previous injuries have they got and have they had, have they disrupted uh, change rooms in other clubs, things like that. So it's it's almost getting all the information about a product to 
give yourself a more informed guess, uh, a more informed um, idea about whether you actually want to make a serious bid for that club, and then what what would the valuation be based on that information. So what's happened in the last couple of days, again, it's moving really, really quickly, um, and a lot of the big media outlets seem to be backing up a lot of what's being said. Um, they've now entered, they've signed a, a non-disclosure agreement, and the news today is that they've, PCP partners have entered a period of due diligence, which ultimately is that combing through the books, um, checking that there's no surprises. Obviously, Mike Ashley didn't do that when he bought Newcastle, and he had to loan them about £127 million worth um, interest-free loans because he hadn't done his due diligence on buying the club, which seems very silly now because you regard him as, whatever you think of him, a fairly astute businessman who would, I'm sure he's done that since. I, th I think that's the last time he would have made that mistake. But the, the, the reports are that Amanda Staveley's consortium values the club at around $300 million. $400 million. And, you know, the noises that we've had from Ashley are that the club might be worth as much as, in his eyes, as much as $450 million. Um, then it was $400 million. Then there was a weird kind of, ooh, 5% off, like £380 million, pounds, uh, like a, dis you know, a sports direct discount <laughs> kind of notion going on. Maybe to tantalise more, more, more bidders. It was said that he's 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 made the club up for sale public because he wants to attract more potential partner uh, parties to be involved. Now, I don't know this, but my perception is that my perception is that um, PCP partners led by Amanda Staveley were sniffing around before he officially put the club up uh, for sale, but. In putting it up for sale, it potentially draws in other parties, which allegedly there's four others, but we don't know what clout they have, we don't know what assets they have, we don't know how serious they are, we don't know how serious Amanda Staveley is. She might just be going through the motions and then might look at another Premier League club, which is she's reported to be looking at more clubs, possibly Liverpool, possibly others, besides Newcastle. So let's not get carried away anyway. But in in creating interest and declaring that you want to sell the club and sell the club by Christmas, which seems a pretty tall order, but you know, stranger things have happened in football. If they can agree on a valuation, if due diligence is, due, due diligence is uh, completed within a reasonable amount of times, a few weeks perhaps, um, maybe you know, three or four weeks, then there's no reason why they couldn't exchange contracts and, and, and be ready in time for January transfer window to give Benitez some extra transfer funds. So, it's weird that Ashley's been coming out and saying all these, you know, he wants the best for the club and he wants Rafa to have this transfer money for, for January, etc., etc., and simply buttering up the f fans. It, it, it's, it's all very odd. That, that, and he's obviously making an incentive uh, with any potential buyer being able to make staggered payments as well. So it, maybe it is a sign that he absolutely wants to get out and just cut all ties. Now, I'll believe it when I say it because we've heard this from Ashley numerous times before. He's probably put the, the club officially for sale about three times and it's, 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 he's still around. So, But it does feel a bit different, this one. There seems to be a lot more substance. There seems a lot of bigger players involved. And you can see that there's a genuine 
interest and you know a genuine selling point and we're very biased as Newcastle fans we always think well of course you'd buy Newcastle because it's a one club city amazing fan base massive huge stadium and of course all these things are, are you know brilliant and making an exciting purchase but ultimately is it a, is it business wise is it do you have a world class manager in Rafa Benitez for reputation can you build the club's brand globally We've got a new sponsorship from China, so we've got more awareness over there. We've got world-class manager and Rafa Benitez already. So, and then you know, there's genuine interest in the club anyway. Even from look at the look at the amount that Newcastle have been on Sky for the last few weeks in the the opening of this of this of the season. Some they're, they're recording some excellent viewing figures, Sky, and you've got to believe that a lot of that's due to Newcastle. We're still a pull. We were live five out of the first seven games, I think it was. So. You know, we are, we do have massive potential. We have previously been in the Champions League. So, it, it, from from beyond being just biased Newcastle fans saying, yeah, our club's the best, which it is, by the way. But, you know, the, 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 there's genuine business reasons why, you know, there'd be no competition for fan fans in, in, in Newcastle and we've got global appeal as well. So, and we've done world tours and things like that as well, to, to, you know, to, to, to improve the brand. So, let's have a look at, you know, so, so there's this valuation of about 300 million from Staveley and there's been reports that she'd be willing to put in anywhere between, obviously mixed reports, a lot of people in the dark, of course everybody is, somewhere between 150 million and 300 million pounds in transfer kitty uh, over the next two years, which would be a significant improvement from what we've been used to. Uh, I'll just get me cat out of the way because he's standing in front of me. notes. Get away, lad. Oscar, by the way. Oscar the cat. Black Cat as well. That's really bad for Newcastle fans, isn't it? Didn't think that one through. So, due diligence. Sort of explain what it means, but ultimately, as much as it's just come through the books, it doesn't declare any serious commitment. What it does do is signal intent that if there's no hidden surprises and if everything seems to be in order as they suspect, then a formal bid, should due diligence satisfy the potential buyer due diligence would then lead to a possible formal bid now that might not take days that's likely to take as mentioned before weeks even a couple of months we don't know but i suggest if both parties are reported to be keen on getting a deal done before christmas uh two three four weeks might might be more realistic a time frame or more feasible a time frame because both parties are willing now, interestingly, I don't think, again, I'm not a financial expert, I'm not a football financial expert, but I don't think that PCP partners would have entered into due diligence stage without having an idea of where Mike Ashley values the club and where they value the club, obviously. So I think for due diligence to have happened, to be entered into, which has happened today, which is happening now, I think there must be an almost a they, you know, an, an informal understanding that I think both parties are sort of in the same ballpark. Because if Mike Ashley is valuing it at 400 million, right, and if PCP Partners and Amanda Stavely are valuing the club at, say, 200 million, 220 million, there's no point in them doing any due diligence 
because the valuations are just too far apart and there's no room for negotiation. However, it might be that if they value it at 300 million, Mike Ashley values it at 380, 400 million, then a sale might happen for 320 million, in which case, that, that that would kind of that would possibly back up the the, the, the rumor or you know the, the suggestion that you know Ashley is highballing so that he can get the price that he really wants, which is lower, because he knows that if he goes in three hundred million, which say if he also believes it's worth three hundred million, then they do, and that's a bit too easy. He's a businessman; he wants to drive profit. So if he was to sell for about three hundred million, he would still make some profit from his original sale. I think it's somewhere between 66 million or 20 million, somewhere I read. But he would make profit, which after a decade of turmoil and anguish and insults, rightly so, and, and criticism, whatever his model was, it hasn't worked. Football's become a different game now. It's a multi-billionaire's game, as he puts it, rather than just a billionaire's game. So he, he might just, it looks like with this quick sale, he, he just wants a reasonable offer. And by highballing, it ensures that, you know, he will get over 300 million if he, say, values the club at 380 million. And likewise, say it was if it was sold for about 320 million, the, the, the buyers in PCP would feel that they're still getting a good deal because they're, it's round about their valuation of the club anyway. So, but with, with Ashley putting up for sale and wanting a quick sale, that weakens his hand slightly, I think because the desperation is on his side rather than the buyer's side. So we'll see what comes of that. But that's just really interesting. So why has she made public interest, the interest public? You know, these are the parties, if they do indeed exist, haven't done so. But she made it very deliberate that she was seen in public during the Liverpool game. What, what, what benefit does she have of making uh, her interest public? Because all of this quite notably, isn't coming from Mike Ashley. It's not coming out of spin. This is actually happening. This is kind of coming... She's allowing that to come out. What it could be doing is... Um, she could be wanting to get the fans on side. And, you know, it, that would make Ashley... Ashley said in his statement that he wanted the best for the club moving forward and, and know that the club was in safe hands and they could take that investment up to the next level. They've come out up front reports have said you know they'll give mentioned a transfer kitty fans are already um fawning over a you know the idea that somebody new could come in a, a, you know a, a savior superhero that could rid the the evil of mike ashley out of tyneside and 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 roll in a brand new era of you know being able to compete in the top off the table and significantly so and pushing to get into europe you know you know you look at what what how Everton have spent that money that they spent this summer and under the tutelage of Koeman who's he hasn't got the you know he hasn't got the he hasn't got the credibility of, of Benitez he hasn't got the experience of Benitez and he hasn't got the CV of Benitez so imagine Benitez who's a shrewd man in the transfer market you know you've seen Lejeune and Marino come in for less than 10 million each that's incredible you know so you see how Benitez works in the transfer market. You see how he can do more with less. Imagine what he would do with 300 million. He would still be driving bargains and he would still be getting the right players for the right positions, for the right system. Unlike a Koeman who buys, who has 
125 million to spend or whatever, and he brings in three slow number tens, which is a problem. You kind of shoehorn them, shoehorn them all into the same team. It just doesn't work. So Benitez has the nous, and he's cleverer, you know. So it could help that she could say, well, the fans want me, you know. If you if you want to do right by the club and right by the fans, then there's your endorsement. So that could be one reason. The other reason is, could she be using Newcastle as a device to apply pressure to FSG, the Liverpool owners, after they'd previously rejected a £1.2 billion bid from her? And, and the same consortium. So it's a funny one, this, because we really don't know if... We, we don't know what the situation with other clubs is. Um, we're unlikely to know. But it might be that she's maybe, you know, being looking at it the more cynical way, that she's using Newcastle in this process of buying Newcastle as a device to make FSG go, oh, 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 actually, yeah, go on, we'll, we'll accept that £1.2 billion. Pounds. We, we, want to, we, we do want to buy it for us. Um, hopefully that's not the case. I, it seems that she's very genuine, although I'm basing that on almost next to nothing, the fact that she came to Newcastle and met a couple of people and that communications have been positive. Um, but hell, can we not be optimistic for once? Can we really not be optimistic after a, after a decade of Mike Ashley, um, modern day slave owner. <laughs> Quite literally, it's been, he's been in court for it. Um, so, so that, 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 that could be, but then look, let's, look at, let's look at numbers, okay? So if Newcastle's worth 300 million, okay? And Liverpool's worth four times as much, 1.2 billion, although <laughs> it's not because they rejected it. But let's just take those figures. 1.2 billion to buy Liverpool as they are. Or 300 million to buy Newcastle now. I mean, hypothetically, massively so, imagine 900 million pounds worth of investment in players. Right? From Newcastle now. Would that team, in a couple of years, would that team equal Liverpool? Or better Liverpool? You don't know. Might do. It'd certainly get close. If you consider how many billions of pounds... It, it, I think it's taken Man City a couple of billion to get where they are. All, all together. So imagine that kind of investment. So where, where's PCP would save by buying Newcastle, who, who's... Uh, you know, Liverpool lives off the history. But Newcastle have history as well, and modern history. And but Liverpool's probably a bigger... Well, it is. It's a, it's a bigger global brand than Newcastle. It just that's just how it is. But look, look at Man City. They went. What were they before? Um, Sheikh Mansour took them over, which of course Staveley was involved with. And New, if you if you remember, I think this is right that Newcastle were one of the teams. I think cat just in the background there. Newcastle were one of the, one of the teams, one of the clubs that um, Sheikh Mansour was looking at before he purchased Man City for good. So. That's quite interesting as well that she's obviously been aware of Newcastle previously. Um, sorry, man. Stop it, man. Um, so, is is the is the is the history and brand of Liverpool worth four times what Newcastle's is? I, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I, I think Liverpool have loads of things, really good good things going for them. But imagine. 
buying a club for four t- only a quarter of the amount that they've had a bid rejected for Liverpool, but then still being able to put the, the capital in because they'd be buying Liverpool for 1.2 billion. Well, it'd be more because it'd be reje- rejected plus any spends, transfer spends as well. So Newcastle, the value is absolutely there. And it's a one-club city, and they've got Rafa Benitez. So, you know, he's he's regarded as an asset for the club. Um, so, you know, I'm biased, but I think, you know, we've said it for years that Newcastle's a really good proposition, and not just from a biased perspective that we're, we're all Newcastle fans. But, you know, we have global appeal. We've had Shearer. We've, we've been in the Champions League. You, you, you know, we've beaten Barcelona and Juventus in, in recent years and yeah that was a while ago but you know we we took a step backwards when Mike Ashley took over because we never we took one we had, we had one good season that seemed to almost be the perfect storm um, with Pardew but that'll never happen again under those circumstances under that investment it was a fluke it was an absolute anom- anomaly and it's no it's not a circumstance to base an entire football business model on because as has been proved out of nine of the ten seasons we failed horribly we've underachieved we've been relegated twice it's been an absolute disaster and the the, the sooner Mike actually steps away from it all the poison is emitted from the club we can move on and be optimistic and we, there could be some really exciting times coming like really exciting and this this is the one way we get Rafa Benitez to stay Mike Ashley goes right Rafa gets gets the control he wants, gets the money that he wants, there's no stopping us. And I think this consortium will know that because they know Rafa Benitez from previously. Um, so, are there, you know, and, and, and Liverpool as well, they've kind of plateaued, they've had loads of investment and they've got Jurgen Klopp. But Jurgen Klopp, you know, with all respect, isn't as good a manager as Rafa Benitez yet. He might be, but he hasn't achieved as much as Rafa Benitez has yet, and he has a lot to prove, I think. Defensively, horrendous, for example, but attacking, very, very impressive. But Liverpool seem to have kind of plateaued. I can't see Liverpool breaking into the top two, despite all that investment. Despite So would you buy a club for one, over £1.2 that isn't even going to break into the top two? I, I, I don't know why you would do that from a, bi- from a business perspective, unless... You know, you look at shirt sales or global appeal and rights of sponsorship and all that kind of stuff is gonna is gonna be worth it. I'm 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 not convinced, but again, what do I know? I'm not a financial expert at all. Not even a football expert. Um, so you know, I don't think they're gonna do better than Chelsea, Man City, Man United even this season. So we'll see we'll see what happens. So what we do, what we also know is so what we think we know is that four other parties have signed non-disclosure agreements with the club. <clears throat> this could be theatrics. It could be a device used by Ashley to try and drum up as much interest as possible to counteract the Staverly bid so that there's a he wants to present a kind of bidding war. And I think that's again why he's made it the, the sale public, um, putting us up for sale. He wants a bidding war because he wants to drive up that price, you know, boom, boom, boom. So, 
you know, by having a, a world-class manager in place and how shrewd, you know, who which better manager than Rafa Benitez has mentioned before. He's he's very shrewd in the market. He wouldn't go out and lavishly spend. He just wouldn't. He would get the right players for the right positions for this right system. Um, but out of all this, you know, looking at Amanda Staveley and there's been a lot of profiles being um, looked at over the last couple, couple of days about who she is, what she stands for. In an interview in... 2014, three years ago. It's interesting. She said that the, in terms of a takeover, buying and selling, the biggest, sort of the biggest sticking point, the biggest um, contention in any takeover, is the valuation. Because she said the, the seller is always going to be protective of the business and value it higher, always. Because there's <laughs> usually sentiment attached. <laughs> not in this case, though. Not in this. Not even slightly. But what we do know is Ashley will protect his asset, and he will want to drive. He will squeeze every last penny he can out of this sale, so that he comes out with. Because ultimately, this is a big. His valuation of closer to four hundred million is his way of um, saving his pride. Um, and it's. It'll test his stubbornness and his actual willingness willingness to leave if we do get a bid over three hundred million, which I think is reasonable. If you look at the takeover prices of say Southampton and Man City when it happened, although that was a long time, you know, good eight nine years ago. Even that into account, I think three hundred million roundabout sounds about right. But yeah, I he's going to protect that, but then. You've got to believe that even he'll know that to come out of this just with a profit, any profit for him, he wants to be a win-win situation. He wants somebody else to have the, the club, but he also wants to come out with a profit so you can say, right, that last 10 years, worth it because I, I, I earned, I created 40 million out of it, like, or, or whatever it's going to be. That, that, that's, that, that's how he's going to be looking at it. He wants 40, 50, 60 million so that he knows that he can regard that as a, as a success, even though it hasn't been for any of us, by him. If that's what he needs, if that's what it takes for him to get out the club, leave us to it, so we can actually progress as a club, move on and take ourselves up to the next level with new passionate investors and an owner that understands what we want. We don't expect the league. We don't expect Champions League, as Kieran Dyer and uh, Craig Bellamy seem to suggest. This week, ah, I'm not going to swear. We, we 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 just want a bit of competition, you know. We want a, some of the glory times back. We want to be chasing European places again, and you know, be a permanent fixture in the top of the tail. Because if you look at the infrastructure and history of us in the Premier League, that's where we belong, you know, in terms of total points amassed, in terms of look at our um, fan base and our average attendance. We deserve to be in that top eight. We do as a permanent fixture. I don't. I don't think anything beyond that is a, you know, it's anyone's right to have that. But I think we're an exciting club. I think we're we're globally known, and I, it, it doesn't surprise me that 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 somebody has serious interest in us. But we won't know. We won't know what's going to happen. And again, by the time you listen to this or watch this, things might have changed again. We just don't know. But what we do know is. Out of everything I've said today, 
these claims and reports are being backed up by credible news sources, Reuters, Financial Times, you know, the Times, George Culkin's come out and, uh, and, and usually George doesn't really get a lot wrong. He's, he, he's very silent on a lot of things, he's silent on speculation, but when he does talk, you know that there's a lot of substance behind it. You know, even the guys at the Chronicle, uh, Mark Douglas, Lee Ryder, they're spinning a lot of positivity as well. People like Pete Greaves from Sky and Keith Downey, you know, they're suggesting that they know more than they can say and things like that. So there's lots of credible news outlets. Um, whether you think they're credible or not is down to you, but uh, I think so. Um, and we'll see what happens. This isn't something that's going to happen in the next couple of days. So, we'll be, you know, at the time of recording, we've got a couple of days before the Palace game, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, I think it should be a three-pointer. But I think what we can do, it'd be interesting to see if Staveley's there. Amanda Staveley is in attendance again. Um, but what we can do as fans is, again, get a flag display going, wave the scarves, get the chance going, serenade Rafa Benitez again. And let them know, let the world know, because the world will have eyes on the world have eyes on us now. Let the world know what a just an amazing club we are. We already know, but let's prove it to everybody else as well. Because we've had a lot of doubters. We've got naysayers, usually from London, usually ex-players who have no idea what they're talking about. Waddle, Hartson, bloody talk shite radio, they all of them suggesting that we that we haven't given Mike Ashley a fair a fair reception that he's we've criticized him unfairly apologies but that's that's bullshit that's complete bullshit if you've got if you know anything to do with football which is a and as an ex-pro you probably should you, you know that this 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 awful peddling of Newcastle fans expect too much and we, we want the moon on a stick it's not true. It's just, it's, it's absolutely not true. And if this takeover happens, as I said, we don't expect to win the league. We don't. I just want happy times again. I just want us to win more than we lose and to go to St. James's Park knowing that there's a good chance we might get three points, maybe a draw, and lose the odd couple. That, I just want the good times back. I want the Keegan era back. I want the Robson era back. We're in the Benitez era now, and this can be special as well, and I believe it can be. And let's hope something comes to fruition in this takeover because out of all the fans out of all the clubs in the world there's a lot of clubs that are, are, are suffering as well but I, we really deserve something positive and we, we deserve some luck we deserve a break we deserve a new start so Mike Ashley 300 million pounds see you later mate and let's welcome in the new era anyway I've been Adam Thanks so much for watching and listening. Um, tell us what you think about your takeover views and who you think should take us over. We're not getting the McVitie's Biscuit King from Turkey, that's for sure. That's been nipped in the bud. Uh, that was a bit of spin and rumour. Um, I mean, the puns, if he had taken over, could have been quite spectacular. But I'll, I'm happy to, I'm, 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 I'm happy to forego the puns, the pun potential. Uh, for a, a, a pleasing and safe takeover with plenty of transfer budget and a new direction. Thanks everyone, I've been Adam from the Two Network, really appreciate you watching and I'd love to hear your comments as well. We'll be back after the Crystal Palace match to offer match reaction to that, hope to see you for that.
subscribe, get us on Twitter and Facebook. We're also on iTunes and SoundCloud as well. Cheers. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.